This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal Transfer Show. Thank you so much for joining us and sitting in the TGT Stadium. And of course, as we break down the news of Arsenal, as we head towards the third game of Arsenal's title-winning season, because of course we're not raising expectations by any stretch. Um, but thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, wow, what a game yesterday! What drama uh, we'll talk a little bit about more about that in a second but good morning to everybody joining us in the chat box if you could be so kind to just take one second out of your time to just drop a like on the video i really would appreciate it uh, kaiser good morning to you to simon to mike to dave to anthony to olu tamid uh, joining us as well as uh, stevie we've got ahmed and ozzy and pj good morning guys david and manu and temi and sw jez and guna jake and ife and Stuart. good morning everybody Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Let's uh, <laughs> only roll six. It says only a title, treble minimum. That's He's got to go. I mean, if we don't win the treble, he's got to go. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Uh, good morning, everybody. As always, we are sponsored by Football Prizes and Crazy. Uh, both of the, uh, the prizes that we did since we've been uh, partnering with them. Uh, have already sold out. Amazing achievement. Uh, and thank you so much to everybody that's helped support the channel by buying tickets. We will have a new prize going live that I'll be able to tell you about tomorrow. Uh, but the prize draw for the prizes is tonight at 7.30. I've left a link to Football Prizes Facebook page in the description. That is where the draw takes place. So that will happen at 7.30 uh, or maybe slightly later. Basically, just tune in. Uh, <laughs> go onto the Facebook page, get the information on there. In fact, if I go onto here, it should tell me what time it is. Winner will be picked at random on Wednesday, the 17th of August. Oh, okay. Wednesday, 17th of August on the Football Prizes Facebook page at 8.30 p.m. So there you go. That's the actual details that you need to know. But uh, I've left a link to the Facebook page in the description uh you can tell i've been doing sponsorships on the channel for a long time when i'm messing them up quite like that moving forwards uh, make sure you subscribe to the arsenal way the boys will be live over there at 10 a.m as usual on a weekday um but obviously the big news of last night was liverpool's 1-1 draw with crystal palace in which 
the prodigal son, <laughs> Darwin Nunez, was sent off for a headbutt on Joachim Anderson. Goodness me, if he can't take that kind of level of, of rough and tumble without dropping a headbutt, he is going to struggle in the Premier League. Goodness gracious. What a, I mean, it's, he tried to headbutt him before he actually headbutted him. And then once Anderson noticed that and obviously took exception to it, as I think most people would if someone's attempted to headbutt you, um, <laughs> he just absolutely lost his head. Completely lost his head. Um, are we happy that we didn't spend 100 million euros on Darwin Nunez and instead, instead spent 45 million pounds on Gabriel Jesus? I think so. I think I think we're happy about that. Anyone who had Nunez in their fantasy teams, oh dear, oh dearie, dearie, dearie me. Not me, not me. Uh, Jesus and Haaland all the way. <laughs> Darwin Nunez, not at all getting into that team after that goal in the community issue where I think he thought he got one up on the Norwegian striker. Fair to say he's taken a few steps down in the race to be the Premier League's top number nine in the league. Now, Alex Runison has left the club on a loan, we can confirm, not on a permanent deal. He's joined Al Anya Spore until the end of the league season. He'll return in June of 2023, having therefore spent three years at Arsenal. I believe he'll have two years left on his contract. I imagine both of those will just be simple loans as well. I don't see anyone paying the wages that's needed to sign him. I don't see anyone paying a fee unless he has a storming season in Turkey this year. I just don't see it happening. It's just been a bad deal for Arsenal. Well, we tried to sign a backup keeper on the cheap because we knew that we needed one. We ended up having to sign Matt Ryan on loan until the end of the season. That's what we should have done. We should have signed a backup keeper on loan for the season when we bought Runners and we didn't need to buy him. We should have just gone out and signed a keeper on loan. We didn't do that. And now we've been stuck with Alex Runnison ever since. And unfortunately, uh, his career continues to kind of just ebb and flow, if you like, through loans. Now, Bellerin could be stuck at Arsenal if we're to believe reports coming out of Spain, which claim that Real Betis's transfer business is done. Kaput, finished, no more. No signings will be made between now and the end of the summer at Real Betis. That includes the signing of Hector Bellerin not happening. I, however, think this is a little bit of a tactic. Uh, information coming out from the media suggesting Betis are done. Look, Arsenal are under a little bit of pressure, of course, to try and get this deal done. If they keep hold of Bellerin, they'll end up paying an extra £5 million for the season. It doesn't benefit the player. It doesn't benefit Arsenal. It doesn't benefit Betis to miss out on him. And I imagine what will happen near deadline day is... That, you know, that he will eventually have his contracts terminated and he will just be allowed to move over to Betis. They know that Arsenal will probably want to do that. It saves the money. Arsenal at the moment are sitting on a situation where they want to try and get a at least a small figure to get hold of, which is good. But at the end of the day, Betis know that they probably have more of the power in this scenario because they know that if they don't Bids, Arsenal may crack towards the end of the window and end up just terminating his deal, allowing him to sign for Real Betis on a free transfer. But right now, he's stuck in England and will be an Arsenal player next season at the moment. Uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Uh, the Times report that Arsenal continue to try and push to move Maitland-Niles out of the door. It's unsurprising that he's not been included in the squad at the weekend. We heard that there were some inquiries made by the Premier League sides and other sides abroad that have also interested in him. You can see the likes of 
Nottingham Forest, etc. I imagine making an offer or making a loan offer at least for Maitland-Niles for next season. But his, his career at Arsenal, quite like Ronison's, ironically, you know, as we were just talking about someone ebbing and flowing until their contract ends. If, I mean, it, it's just going to be a loan situation. Uh, he only has a year left as well. So it's not even like he would sign for them on a permanent at the end of it. Uh, he only has that year left now. Wherever he goes, it's going to expire. Again, another really annoying situation where Arsenal missed out on a serious figure from Wolves. If you remember that bid that came in, I think, what, three years ago? It's another situation that is frustratingly uh, just ebbing towards nothingness. And Arsenal will hopefully try and get something for the player, but probably won't end up getting anything. But he and Runison are just the last two. Uh, sorry, him and Bellerin are the last two after Runison left that need to be moved on. And then... Other than Pepe, who there is no indication will be leaving right now, they are it. And then Arsenal have kind of overhauled their squad, moved out the players they've needed to move out. Yes, there might be some returning. Renison, of course, on loan. Marie, only on loan. Um, but so far, I think this is very, a very good window for Arsenal's outs. Yes, we've not made that much money, but we have worked hard to move players on, which was always a big key part of this transfer window. Now, Edu's Valencian exploration has been confirmed to be explained. You know, he's not only been there with family, but he's also met up with former Arsenal Invincible Lauren, um, the uh, right-back, of course, who was in the Invincible side and teammate of Edu. Lives out in Spain, I believe, and Edu's visited him. A lot of people have made have complained and said, oh, I've seen complaints on my social feeds. Why is he traveling? Why is he doing on holidays? Why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? He's got a lot of business to do. Look, you can do transfer business on your phone. You know, 90% of conversations around transfers, probably more than that, happen on WhatsApp. It's a very mobile business, and he does not need to be in his office in London to get those deals done. Listening to the Askcast yesterday, James McNicholas revealing that he's made a lot of trips to the continent in the past few weeks. Clearly, they're trying to do business. Clearly, they're trying to get stuff done. Arsenal will hope to bring one or two players in before the end of the window. And even if they don't, you know, I'm very happy with the squad as is. We're still yet to see Fabio Vieira. I'd like to see more come in, absolutely. But anything from here, I look at as a big bonus. And I'm looking forward to seeing what business Arsenal can do between now and the end of the transfer window. Now, Arsenal may regret, it seems, allowing Aubameyang to leave on a free. Not even on a free. You remember, Arsenal had to pay the wages of Aubameyang until the end of his deal because Barcelona could be earning up to €30 million. Euros. That's what they want if Chelsea are going to be able to buy him from Barca. Will Chelsea pay that much? I don't think so. Will Chelsea get him? There's a good chance they might. I am obviously joking. Arsenal did need to move Aubameyang on. They, there is no way in which he was ever going to earn Arsenal close to that figure. We had to pay to get him out of the club. The only reason that Barca are able to command a fee like that is because they don't need to sell, they don't really want to sell, and they know that Chelsea are desperate for a striker this summer, so they can pretty much charge what they want regarding Aubameyang. And if they Chelsea want the guy, then they're going to have to pay up. It is just a little ironic, of course, that after just six months, his price has gone from a, a situation where we had to pay the player to leave to now being demanding the odd 30 odd million euros to get him out of the club. I am very happy he's gone. If he goes to Chelsea, you know, it's if anything, it just points towards one of the big reasons why we allowed him to leave in the first place. So, yeah, well, uh, if he moves there, hopefully we batter Chelsea once again at Stamford Bridge and he realises what a mistake it was to act as he did as the captain of Arsenal Football Club. 
Moises Caicedo, the latest on him, according to Ekrem Kroenur, the transfer journalist. You probably follow him on socials, claiming that Arsenal are prepared to enter talks with Brighton to try and discuss a move for Moises Caicedo. I still have doubts about whether this is a, like a realistic move for Arsenal to do. But don't get me wrong, if they can go and do this deal, absolutely they should, because Caicedo has proven to be a very, very good player, despite his short time in the Premier League and his young age. And he's starting to impress already this season as well. Definitely worth it if Arsenal can go and get it. However, Brighton are not going to let this guy go for the cheap. He is going to be commanding a very serious figure and Arsenal are going to have to be prepared to pay that as well. And finally, the Yuri Tielemans trade-off. Uh, David Ornstein reporting and the Athletics' Rob Tanner as well reporting that if Arsenal want to get hold of Yuri Tielemans, they will ironically have to allow one of their best players at the start of this season, Granit Xhaka, to go. How true is this? Now, I put a tweet out yesterday saying, I personally, and this is based on purely theory, I would be very surprised if the reality of Arsenal's situation is that they have to allow Xhaka to leave for Tillemans to be brought in. I just personally don't see that being the reality. I think Arsenal's interest in the central midfielder has gone through the, throughout this window. I don't think there's been any intention of Arsenal to allow Granit Xhaka to leave during this window. They've wanted to move on Torreira. They've done it. They've wanted to move on a number of other midfielders. They've tried. Maitland-Niles, of course, is still here. I don't see... But Patino's gone on loan, of course, as well. I don't see Xhaka leaving as a necessity to Arsenal signing a midfielder. I still feel like they would sign a midfielder, even if it meant having to have the number of midfielders that we've already got at the club. I just don't see that being a barrier. But that is what's being reported by The Athletic. That's their information. I'm not going to discredit it. Just from my personal opinion, I'd be surprised if Xhaka was indeed a barrier to the Tielemans or any other central midfielder deal happening. Let's see if anything changes between now and the end of this window. I hope Arsenal bring in a midfielder. It's very key. Do I hope it's Tielemans? If it is Tielemans, I'll be excited to see what he can do. However, for me, I would rather Arsenal went out and signed a midfielder that was to compete with Thomas Partey. That would be my preference in a midfielder between now and the end of the window. I just feel if Thomas Partey is injured or unavailable, we need to make sure that we've got a player that can cover as well as him. El Nenny did a really good job at the end of last season to a level, but I do think there is a level of, there's a restrict. There, there is a restriction as to what El Nenny can give you over a prolonged period when Partey is out. That said, Partey was probably our weakest player, Par Ramsdale, in the game against Leicester on Saturday. So he still needs to step up his game, but having a player that can compete with him and push him to be as good as he can be is also going to be, you know, very beneficial for Arsenal as well if we see performances like we saw against Crystal Palace, uh, not against Crystal Palace, but certainly against um, Leicester persistently occur in the team. And that completes all of today's stories. So we're going to move on to you guys in the chat box. Uh, if you've got questions in part two, we'll be going through as many of those as we can as possible. So without further ado, after this short break, we will go through those. Okay, uh, as I said at the start of the show, the two prizes for uh, Martin Odegaard's signed shirt and Gabriel Jesus' signed shirt have both sold out. Link to the Facebook, uh, the Facebook page for Football Prizes for information about where and when those prize draws will take place. A lot of people have been asking about whether or not they ship abroad. 
definitely worth checking the terms and conditions. But I know from experience, people in America have won prizes and have got their prizes absolutely no problem. So do check the terms and conditions and all of that lovely stuff uh, to find out whether they ship to your country. But I do know that they have shipped abroad and a lot of our listeners in the past have won despite living abroad. So uh, it's definitely worth still getting involved. New prize information will hopefully be available either tomorrow or Thursday and we'll let you know what the next prize is as they are selling like hotcakes. Very, very good indeed. And thank you for the continued support of the channel. Anyway, uh, let's jump into the chat and go through some of the questions that I know you guys will have. Uh, so let's go to Edwin, who says, Morning, Tom. So to me, it has become glaringly obvious the bias shown towards Spurs on Sky, how great they are, etc. Edwin, if it's taken you this long, <laughs> you've not been watching enough of Sky. <laughs> like they, there is a clear and obvious bias for me. Spurs get preferential treatment. Commentary in games favours them. Decisions from officials, which isn't to do with the media, of course, but more to do with the officiating, just goes in their favour always. It's a disappointment, but it is unfortunately the reality. And that is a frustration. Uh, V-Dub says, Tom, I can confirm tickets are not available to me in Australia after an email. Okay, so Australia, not on the list. This is why it's worth checking terms and conditions always. But I definitely know that North America is covered. Uh, Diana says, any chance Edu and the team are using Invincibles to set up scouting around the world? I can't say a definite deal's close, but meeting with Lauren can't be random. Uh, I mean, Diana, I love the superstition uh, and I love that we want to put two and two together. But I do think there is an element of coincidence about it. Uh, they are good friends. They are former teammates. Lauren does do punditry for La Liga. Uh, so potentially Edu's getting advice from him. But I don't see what he couldn't get over WhatsApp that he has to get in person. Perhaps he's just visiting the area and knows that Lauren lives there. And so he's gone to visit him whilst he's out there. That could absolutely be the reason. But uh, I don't think it's necessarily to do with that. Uh, Marcus says, Tom, did you sort the cup giveaways for your wedding? Oh, the cup giveaways. Yes. The T&G cups for the TGT wedding. <laughs> no. <laughs> but guests will have more cups than Spurs. I guarantee you that. Uh, glasses more so than cups, though. Uh, Paul says, potential options for completion for Partey. Um, I don't know what you mean. Completion for Partey competition for Partey, uh, who, who, if you, if that's the word you meant, look, I said that we should have gone for Ibrahim Sangara. He's now signed a new contract. I said that Amadou Anano would have been a very decent midfield option, but he's obviously gone to Everton. Douglas Luiz at Aston Villa is on the precipice of potentially signing a new contract as well. There aren't particularly loads out there off the top of my head. I'd need to do some more digging. There is another player whose name has escaped me. Um, but I was asked the question yesterday and it definitely came to my mind. Uh, Moises, uh, Moises Caicedo, of course, is another one that I would potentially look at as well. Ruben Neves plays slightly deeper in the midfield would probably be very expensive as well for that position. So there are options, but they are going to be expensive. They are going to be seriously expensive. So that's the other thing that we have to consider. Uh, Ronald says, Caicedo or Sangara for DM, who would you choose? Probably Caicedo because of his younger age and Premier League experience, and yet he's still playing at a very, very strong level. So I'd lead towards Caicedo, but Sangara is another very, very good option as well. Uh, Harsh says, hi, Tom. Do you think Ben White or Zinchenko can cover for Partey if Arsenal do not sign any midfielder? Zinchenko, I play, think, plays better as an eight when he's in midfield. And Ben White, just for me, you know, I've said this a number of times on the channel, 
I don't want to see Ben White playing in midfield. I just don't want to see it. Alan says, do you think we should be more patient in getting a number eight? We have decent options as much as I like Tillemans. I think we can get a proper upgrade on Xhaka if we're patient, a la a Malinkovic-Savage. I agree with you, Alan. I wouldn't necessarily overpay for Tillemans if it meant waiting a year and getting a world-class upgrade on Xhaka. If Tillemans coming in prevents us from signing a player of real quality in that area, I would wait, especially considering I would rather see the investment go towards a number six this summer than for a number eight. Because I think the Fabio Vieira, there's some exciting things about what he could potentially bring to that left eight position in the team. Uh, let's go to actually It says, look, I get why Nunez got red carded, but you can't convince me that there is that is more violent than literally pulling a guy's hair and slamming him to the ground. As always, refs favouring Spurs. Still no trophies, though. Uh, Sir Richard Richards uh, says, <laughs> with all the pundits saying if Arsenal don't achieve top four, the season would be a failure, do you think that would be justification to sack Arteta? If Arsenal don't get top four, and the reason behind it is because of Arteta, you know, there is certainly an argument that that's a fair outcome for the season. Do I think that will happen? No, I think the club will absolutely stick with him even if we finish outside the top four. It's just not going to happen. Uh, Amira says, Morning, Tom. Do you think the performances of Sambi and Xhaka so far have delayed the club's decision to pursue Tillemans or was the plan always to wait it out? The plan was to try and get him for a price that they thought was reasonable. And at the moment, they don't think that Leicester's price for Tillemans is reasonable and they are hoping that it goes uh, to a level where they are willing to kind of go for it. It seems they are still very interested in him. That hasn't died down. But at the moment, there's no movement on a deal for Tillemans at all. Uh, any updates on the third kit? Still not here. Still not here. No words, nothing at all. Uh, Raf says the criticisms of Ramsdale are a little over the top. I don't think he's been the weak link. He played well in general last two games, similar to Erdogan. It's like we need to find negatives and scapegoat at times. Yeah, look, I think that's fair. It's just in the context of the last game, I thought Ramsdale and Partey were probably the weakest performers. That doesn't mean they are bad. Uh, I just think of it was a great game. We had a lot of really good players. They are... I think they were the weaker performers. They got the lowest match ratings from me. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. The criticism of Ramsdale are over the top. To be honest, for the Madison goal, it's a good strike in the one area that he is going to struggle to save it. You are taught, you are coached in those positions to aim for the keeper's legs right between them and hit that hard and low because it's very difficult for keepers to deal with those. It's not a near post goal. If it was a near post goal, it would have gone to the left of Ramsdale's left leg. It didn't. It went through him. It's not a near post strike. It's a tight angle goal, but it's not near post. And I think that that actually adds into Ramsdale's favour when it comes to critiquing how bad he was from that position. I still maintain that I think Gabriel could have done more. Zinchenko could have done more in the phase of play before it as well. It wasn't just Ramsdale. Olu says, hey, Tom, Liverpool's front three of Diaz, Nunez and Salah or Arsenal's of Martinelli, Jesus and Saka. Uh, Diaz, Nunez and Salah. Uh, <laughs> Salah and Diaz are world-class and Nunez, despite his antics yesterday, has the potential to be a world-class striker. He's like, I love Martinelli, Jesus and Saka, but let's not get carried away. If I'm taking my Arsenal biased hat off, Diaz, Salah and Nunez, you know, is a very, very, very good front three. Uh, Reese says, Tom, do you think we should use one of the French teams as a feeder club? It doesn't have to be necessarily one of the French teams, but I definitely think that we should be using a team on the continent as a partnership. You have it with plenty of other clubs, both in the Premier League and the Championship. The City Football Group has like eight, nine clubs 
around Europe and around the world that they use to help scour for talent, to help develop players and eventually find gems that they can sign in Manchester City. So we absolutely need to be playing catch up. We need to be finding relationships. We have our partnership, if you, if you like, with uh, Colorado Rapids because they're, of course, owned by KSE as well. But we need to work better at having better connections on the continent and around the world with teams. Arsenal have talked about having a better relationship with Watford because obviously they they are very close by. They share a training ground. Well, not share a training ground, but Watford had are, have Arsenal's old training ground and we obviously built the new one next door. So, look, I think that it's something Arsenal should work on in the short answer to the question. Uh, Daniel says, Edu has already said that we are well-stocked at centre-mid. I personally think we are sleeping on Vieira and also Smith-Rowe. Wide forward may be our last signing. For me, I have said for a long time that the wide forward, a player that could cover in both the wide position and at centre-forward, is, for me, the most pressing need between now and the close of the window. And that's what I would absolutely go for. Um, Rodriguez at Betis is a good shout. Clockwork Tangerine. Definitely, definitely worth uh, noting uh, Guido Rodriguez as a potential CDM competitor for Partey. Good shout. Uh, Dubon Guna says, uh, the new improved deep-lying Awobi to return as Partey's cover. <laughs> yeah, very strange things going on at Everton. Yosef uh, says, TC, do you think Adama Traore and Neves for 55 million would solve most of our problems? No, I don't think you'd get both of them for 55 million. I don't think you'd get Neves for 55 million. I think they would ask for even more than that, to be honest. Uh, Jason says, why aren't we trying to sign Conrad Lima? Lima, again, is more in that mould of not a number six. He is progressive. He is kind of your box-to-box. I would put him as a centre midfielder than a number six, uh, more so than that, or a C. I'd put him closer to a centre mid than a CDM, personally. So whilst I like him a lot, I don't think he's a CDM um, rather than a CM. Uh, Ayush says, Tom, did Conte send Romero to get some of Kukurea's beautiful locks for his new wig? Or is it high time that Klopp starts playing You'll Never Walk Alone during training? (laughs) Look, Conte absolutely, I think, is jealous of the natural hair of Kukurea, hence why he was sending uh, Romero on his mission to steal some. Amazing that there was no repercussions from that. Mafia bosses, Joel Linton's in Newcastle might be a good shout. What are your thoughts? Again, he's more of a centre midfielder now after transitioning from that striker position. Certainly not a defensive midfielder. Uh, Mohamed says, uh, Chelsea are overpaying to get quality signings. They'll be stronger. We must bring a top winger. Also, Chelsea's getting top young talents like Chuk Wemeka and Kasadei uh, and Gordon. Look, I would not look to Chelsea as the bastion of recruiting, the pinnacle of like you know of recruitment. It's just they're just not right now. They're scattergunning their transfer window. They've made some very decent signings in Koulibaly and Sterling to add quality to their team, but there's no strategy there at the moment. So I wouldn't be referencing Chelsea as kind of the bastion of recruitment whatsoever. Uh, Clockwork Tangerine says, would a loan back a loan back give us a better negotiation for Caicedo? and he comes in next summer to replace the out-of-contract Elneny. Potentially, but Brighton just don't want to sell him. (laughs) They just don't want to let him go. So I don't think a loan, like a buy with a loan back, is ever going to help Arsenal's chances of signing him. Uh, They will want a big, big fee. It's as simple as that. Uh, Hector says, what are the two most realistic profiles you think we could look to sign? A couple of names for each profile would be much appreciated. The most realistic profiles that Arsenal are going to go for is this Tillemans-style player. Even though I think a number six is better, I think they are going to go for that Tillemans-style and a wide forward. The wide forwards, 
It's a really tough one because finding a player that can cover at centre forward and in the wide area is tricky. For me, I really like Aminguiri at Nice. I think he would be a really interesting option for Arsenal to go for. He can cover on either flank. He can cover in the middle. I like him a lot. I'm surprised that no one's really pushed to try and sign him this summer. He would have been my pick. In terms of a midfielder, if it is going to be the Tillemans ilk, I would have gone big and got Milinkovic-Savic. Always have said that's my favourite for the position. I don't know why no one's pushed to sign him from Lazio for so long. It really does bug me that he's kind of trapped there. And I would have loved to have seen him explore a move to a top European club to see what he would be capable of. Uh, Jay says, hi, Tom. Is it not wiser to keep Xhaka's position for Charlie Patino? If we sign an eight now, we we will close his pathway. Jay, if you're good enough, you make it. That's as simple as that. Pathways don't necessarily close just because you sign players. If players are deemed good enough, they will make it. They will make it. We're not Chelsea. We don't block these pathways and don't give opportunities. You know, we bought £72 million worth of winger in Nicolas Pepe. And look who Arsenal's right winger is right now. Just because you spend money and invest big doesn't mean you block pathways. If kids are good enough, they will make it and they will break through. Uh, let's go to Walk says our mentality against Leicester looked very good. Do you think we'll be better this season when going a goal behind? I don't know is the honest answer. I hope that we will, but we've not seen it yet. And until we go behind, that's the only time we will absolutely know whether or not we will be able to recover from those positions. We've done it once last season. I think when we went behind against Wolves, we've not been able to do it since then at all. Oh, no, we've got a loser spammer in the chat box. Let's get rid of you. Uh, let's go to uh, Stuart, who says, do you think there could be issues with Milinkovic-Savic that are similar to our? No, because he's always maintained his value. You know, he's always been going up for that 60 million plus, whereas our's price has just gone down and, and away. He's always performed. He's always continued to be consistent, whereas our's performances and price have dropped over the last couple of years. Uh, CNS says, I would love to see Norton Cuffey, Patino, Balogun, Tavares be part of the squad next season. We have a very big squad now. It's going to be tough. Tavares is doing everything he can to improve and to show what he's capable of in a wing-back role. That's the big thing about Tavares is because he's done so well in a wing-back role, there's questions about how he would fit into the Arsenal team. Would he play over Zinchenko? Would he play over Tierney? If we went to a, a flat-back three and really played with wing-backs, maybe... But at the moment, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. So Tavares might have a really good loan season. And then we make a really big profit on him in the following season. Maybe that's what happens. Uh, PJ says, Tom, all your favourites to sign like Skamaka Martinez and Nunez if you've got red carded or in the bottom two teams. Yeah, you know. And the thing is, PJ, is that you can have your favourites. You can like certain players. And to be honest, Skamaka wasn't really one of my favourites. He was an interesting option to bring in as a kind of tall uh, lofty striker. If we were talking about forwards, Lissandro Martinez would have been uh, would have been an interesting kind of defender. But Lataro Martinez, I think, would have been a great option as kind of a striker. Um, but yeah, look, Nunez would have been interesting, but uh, that, that's just not worked out. And to be honest, that's fine. They've gone to other clubs. They're not really working out at the moment. I think some will come good. I.e. Nunez, I think, will eventually come good at Liverpool. Martinez has taken a big, big risk going to to Manchester United, and that is probably going to have a big impact on his future for him 
unfortunate. I say unfortunately, you pick United. You know, you dug your grave. Now you've got to lie in it. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Always appreciate your time, guys, as per. Uh, thank you for making this part of your, uh, your morning routine. Let's try and get a 1,000 likes on the video once again. And before you go anywhere, just help us out. Drop a like on the video. It really, really, really does help things out here and helps it push to even more people. Um, but yeah, I'll be back this afternoon. I think, unless things have changed, I'm doing a show over on Deluded Gooners channel uh, at three o'clock. So I think that's happening. So keep your eyes peeled over there. I'll be hopping over with Deluded at uh, at three. So yeah, join me and DG uh, a little bit later on this afternoon. It's been a while since we've had a catch up and a chat. So I'm looking forward to that. See you soon, guys. Have a great Tuesday. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.